Ach lads, can you believe after 15 weeks we have almost reached the end of the regular season. It's Christmas week. It's time for teams to take the next step in their journey. Christmas Day sees Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints welcome Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Tom Brady will want to improve further when he goes up against the Detroit Lions and after a victory against the Philadelphia Eagles, Tyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals lead the San Francisco 49ers. Finally, it's Tua time. The Dolphins are going to Vegas. Merry Christmas, Nolly Conachoit, welcome to the Irish NFL Show. Hi everybody, welcome back in to the Irish NFL show. Merry Christmas to everybody watching. Not like Shauna, not like Hannah. Not like Hannah did so. Indeedy, indeedy, indeedy. Joined by Colin, joined by Mark, joined by Brian, lads. Welcome in. Merry Christmas to, to all of you. Welcome in. Happy Christmas. Yeah, the, it, it, I, I, I'm happy it's Christmas, but sad that it's week 16 of the season. Um, can't believe we're like two weeks from the end of um, the, the regular season here. Yeah, happy Christmas, guys. Um, yeah, similar thoughts. You know, once you love the season and you love the, the back end of the season with all these interesting permutations that are coming our way this weekend, you obviously know the back of your mind are coming towards that stage where we won't be seeing the teams in which we support for quite a while. And that's enforcing the reality for all of us here uh, coming into the playoffs. Yeah, for Feliz Navidad to you all, gents. Um, we're definitely, you know, the wife is upset the other week because Strictly Come Dancing's now finished. And, uh, you know, I'm about to start crying because the Patriots season's going to be over next week. Um, but maybe one of us, maybe Mr. O'Leary will have a bit of playoff fun. But yeah, only a few weeks left in the NFL season. And uh, it's always tinged with a bit of regret and sadness. But looking forward to the excitement ahead. Unless you're giving me a Christmas miracle, Mark, that would be happening. Well, time will tell if, if Mr. Day will have his Christmas treat. I do have a Christmas treat for all of you lads, but I'll tell you about it in a minute. Um, however, until then, let's very quickly look at the game which ruined our reputation on this show. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Bengals against the Steelers. Now, every one of us, like I literally think it was the shortest preview ever. And like, seriously, like lads, seriously, like we, we talked about this game. We didn't mention the Bengals once in that Monday Night Show. Uh, the Bengals win 27-17. Now, usually we wouldn't really recap on a Monday night game, but that, that column starting me, man, that, that, that's a huge loss for the Steelers, uh, especially when they've got two huge games coming up in Week 16. And I think they play the Browns in Week 17, am I wrong? Yeah, the, the Colts and the, the Browns still to, to come, but the, the Steelers are, uh, according to their own head coach, are not a good football team at the, the moment. Look, um, you know, having had our, um, you know, collective pants pulled down by the Jets, uh, the, the Bengals went and, and, and did that to us as well. Uh, kudos to them. Um, they were injury ravaged, 
but they made the right decision. They put Ryan Finlay in at QB. They moved Brandon Allen aside and they had a, a QB who, um, you know, at, at least is um, capable of, of throwing the football. I think even though they, I think he threw for 89 yards in total, um, but obviously had the, the rushing TD. Um, the, the, the Steelers, I suppose, you know, they have got to find some form um, because they've gone from the potential number one seed uh, to, um, you know, they, they are confirmed, but uh, wh- what will what will it be for them? Um, look, hats off, fair play to the um, Bengals. You you have to say they they really um, pulled it out the other night and. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I would imagine, um, has not enjoyed the past couple of days. You recall a couple of years ago in the championship game, Mark Secondwheel, the week leading up to the championship game, after the Steelers won in Kansas City, they were having a big celebration in the dressing room, and Antonio Brown perfectly put celebrations out on social media, and he was giving it, you know, giving it the big one to the Patriots. The Patriots are obviously watching it going, this is going to be fantastic for us. It, not that we need any more motivation to get into a Super Bowl. And the last couple of weeks, Juju Schuster has probably danced on halfway lines in opposing teams' stadiums, which for the Bengals, who have nothing to play for, is a great fit up for Taylor to go in there and go, to go in and say, these guys don't think we're here tonight and they don't think we're, here, we're serious for this game. And you only had to say, but I hit that Schuster took in the game where they were all making sure he knew when you're here in Cincinnati tonight, Tomlin should be correcting those issues, you know, making sure players are playing with the rules and not causing any other motivation for the team they're playing because they're on it. They're struggling now. You know, they're playing the Colts this week, the Browns the week after that. They could actually now have a week 17 game, which we never would have believed three or four weeks ago, which now could be what Michael likes to see as a game flex into Sunday night football because it could be a divisional game. Yeah, definitely. I I think it'll be flexed. Sorry, Mark. I was going to say, Mark, that'll definitely be flexed. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's funny, we, you know, looking back, we did say, hey, any given Sunday or Monday, anything can happen. And we did actually call out after what the Jets did, you know, maybe miracles can happen again. I mean, looking back, I'm disappointed we didn't call out that the Bengals defense, especially since Burrow, who's gone down, has tightened up even further and could give the Steelers offense, which has been sporadic lately, um, some trouble. And that's exactly how it played out. You know, Big Ben couldn't find his receivers even when he could find them they were dropping balls um and the Bengals offense was not complicated to be fair but Gio Bernard um really was the workhorse powering that game Finley didn't make any stupid mistakes and they put together a great win I mean watching it because like an idiot I did stay up and watch the vast amount of the game again um I was reminded of the famous battle of Thermipylae Um, because, of course, it felt like the Bengals, written off by many, lost, abandoned by their own troops, were left to the mere 300 trying to ward off Xerxes and his Persian army. And whilst that battle ultimately ended in glorious defeat and death, like the Bengal season is going to, because it's going to be 3-13 and probably for them to finish the season, what a way to go down. They went down in glory, they didn't damage their draft position, and they beat the dreaded and hated Steelers, destroying a little bit of Big Ben's record against uh, Ohio teams. It's almost like they went like, this is Ohio! And they fought to the end. Well, there's everybody's Christmas present if, if they ever needed that uh, reference. That, that, that was lovely. Um, did, you, did you not think that yourself, Michael, when you watched the game, no? I watched Friday Night Lights. 
the whole night. <laughs> okay. And uh, sat um, looking at it on my iPad very briefly. I watched the fourth quarter. I was shocked towards the end because the Cedars, you know, even though it sat there was 27-17, there was a chance towards the end where the Cedars could have came back into the game to even tie the game. And they just looked awful. So uh, I think the, the main point, Brian, in what, in, in what I'll say is this. Who's number two in the AFC now? The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. But we did suggest that at the weekend. We didn't suggest that we're coming that in terms of that game. But we did make the point that the Bills are going in the right direction and the Steelers are starting. And it's just as well we did have a preview show for this game because if it was a part of our Sunday wrap-up, as part of the NFL show on a Sunday, you would have been saying, there's no need to talk about this game. And as me and Colm always say, you should always talk about every game. Well, I have definitely, uh, Colm, had my trousers pulled down in regards to the Rams and the Jets. So I think we'll talk about every game from now on. You know what? We'll even talk about the bus journey to the stadium from now on because clearly I have missed out on these multiple factors. Yeah. We, we have some great games to talk about now in fairness. We do. We do. Let's jump on the first game. Now, there's nothing better, boys, and this is a true story. Than my wife's face when I told her I'd be watching the NFL on Christmas night at nine o'clock. You should have seen her face. Not happy. Not happy at all. But still, we'll be watching it, so it's grand. Um, decent game, especially for Christmas night, because if it was if it was a dead rubber, it would almost be what I got there. But it, it it's a very good game, in my opinion, for Christmas night. Six and eight Vikings, ten and four Saints. The game is in the Superdome. Colin, I'll start with you. Um What's your thoughts on this game and who do you think will come out on top? Obviously, the Saints uh, got beaten by the Chiefs last week uh, in, well, it was quite a fast-paced game, but I guess it wasn't that close in the end up. Um, no, they, look, Pat, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs did Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs things. Um, and the Saints coming into to this game, um, you know, coming off the, the loss of the Eagles, um, there's a lot of history with the, the Vikings uh, as well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Sean Payton will have the, the Saints well drilled in relation to that. I the Vikings are one of the the teams that um you know I'm I'm sad that the season is coming to an end because I I think they are fascinating to, to watch they're missing some pieces their secondary just it has not been um good enough all season long but Davin Cook has been absolutely outstanding um and Justin Jefferson is uh, Mark rightly pointed out he won't get offensive rookie of the year. I still think he should get it. Um, I really enjoyed um, him the other night, like telling Kirk Cousins, voicing the the frustration that I imagine most of um, the Viking fan base has, where Kirk Cousins just throw the uh, the goddamn football. Uh, he he has really been like uh, a duck to water, and uh, I see he was sliding into CD Lamb's girlfriend's DMs apparently during the week as well. So doing wide receiver things on and off the the field. Unfortunately for the Vikings, it's not going to be enough um, because they cannot keep Kirk Cousins upright. Um, the Saints got to Mahomes four times last weekend um, and Cousins has been sacked 13 times in the last three games. Uh, that is going to be uh, an issue for them. The Saints need to, to get back to, to winning ways and I imagine um, they will have uh, a happier Christmas uh, 
at home in the Superdome and they will get the win in this one. You know, what's slightly concerning for me at the moment is the Saints. I mean, you might be surprised by this because Kamara is such a dynamic player, but their own game is a problem. They don't have a proper number one running back, the likes of what Dalvin Cook brings or Henry brings to the Titans. Kamara hasn't rushed for over 75 yards, sorry, for over 100 yards in seven games now. He didn't reach even 75 last week. It's a consistent problem. And you could see it last week, very early on in the game. Breeze, who was only coming back, was left in a position similar to what Big Ben has been having to do recently, which is continuously throw, throw, throw. And they had to kind of split up then the plays in terms of bringing Taysom Hill back into the game for a while to allow Breeze a couple of plays where he could rest up on the sideline because there was just no resting for him because the running game is just not working. But we've touched on it so many times this year. This year, it isn't about the Saints' offense. This year, it's, you might have thought it was at the start of the season. It's about their defense. Their defense is ranked number three in the league for a reason. You know they've had they've had a few difficult games recently. Look, any defense coming up against the Chiefs, we touched on it last week. Mahomes is now eight and zero against top five defense in his career. He knows how to take advantage of defense, no matter whether they're good or bad. So you could take that game away. The Saints' defense. Is really good, especially in the dome. And as Colin alluded to, how Cousins is going to be able to stay upright and be productive, it's hard to see how he will do that. Yeah, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, if I can uh, quote Churchill's comments on Russia, are very much an enigma wrapped in a mystery, uh, wrapped in a riddle surrounded by a mystery. Um, start of the season, I thought they were odds on to be really competitive in the NFC North with the Packers for the division title disappointed then seemed to get things back on track um and just when we thought ah oh, the playoff push is coming they're going to go for one of those wild cards they dropped the game to the cowboys they obviously dropped the game last week to the bears they've been a severe disappointment and uh yes i'm wearing blue or bluish purple but i'm not wearing a minnesota vikings top but if i am a minnesota vikings fan i am looking at my gm and wondering why the hell did you give Kirk Cousins a two-year, $66 million contract extension this March? He had not blown you away on the three-year fully guaranteed contract. And now you've just caused a whole lot more pain. Um, we talked about Philadelphia and their quarterback troubles and the amount of dead cap they'd have to eat. Vikings are in that similar circumstance uh, now going forward. And yes, I mean, focusing on the Vikings, Cook and Jefferson have been stars. But too many of the, if you like, the mid-tier. Thielen's had a good season, not maybe to the heights of last, but, you know, a very solid season. But too many of their mid-tier players haven't stepped up. Their defense, which is uh, impressive on paper and has stood up in certain games, has been inconsistent at best. And all in all, it's been a lost year for the Vikings. The Saints, on the other hand, we've talked about it before. This feels so much like Breeze's last stand. Um, he probably looked the best against the Chiefs than he has done for a year. Um, uh, but I, I fully agree with Brian's point. The run game, the run game ever since they didn't have that one-two punch of Ingram and Kamara has dropped off a cliff completely. And yes, Breeze can throw around. And any team that has Michael Thomas, Drew Breeze and Alvin Kamara can put up points and threaten teams. Um, but they're going to need more than that, more than that in the playoffs if it is to be truly the last ride for him, uh, a la John Elway or The Undertaker. Absolutely. Um, look, I 
look at this, and I, I agree with you boys just saying about Drew Brees and about Alvin Kamara especially. That run game is sketchy enough for the Saints in a minute based upon the last few weeks' performance. But the reality is, you know, when you got guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Feline, Justin Jefferson on the offense for the Vikings, if they turn up on Christmas night, boys, Christmas afternoon in New Orleans, they're going to give this New Orleans team at least a bit of a scare as far as I'm concerned. It will come down to how good that New Orleans defense can be. I personally think that the Vikings are going to win this game. I really do. I think this is a trap game for the Saints. Uh, I really thought, to be fair, I really sat down and thought about this. I haven't just come in going, ah, no. Genuinely, the Saints last week, I think, were, ne- were dealt a bit of a blow. I really do. And for me, I think Breeze is not at the level. he He's not at 100%. I think Breeze is done, boys. I really do. And I think I just can't see the same scenario. Albeit, like, as a Broncos fan, whenever Peyton Manning was coming back in again towards the playoffs, he was never uh, at 100%. But for me, Breeze hasn't got that offense around him. Kamara, as Bryant said, hasn't played well in the last few games. I think this is a trap game. I think the Saints will fall to 10 and 5. And the Vikings will go towards that eight and eight record that they're, that they're trying to seek in the NFC. Probably won't be enough, but um, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win. Boys, Dalvin Cook two touchdowns. Is that okay? So, uh, well, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think um, Colin's alluded to the uh, defense of the Vikings this year has been poor. The secondary, in particular, has been really bad. I think at the halfway stage of the season, they were the worst team in terms of giving up touchdowns in the secondary. And I think Bree is. Having come back last week, we have another week to get himself ready, and I think he'll exploit that poor secondary and he'll put up good points. And yeah, the Vikings' offense has been up and down all season, but they have scored over twenty-six points in five plus games. So I could say it's been a high score on them, but I still believe the Saints will come out on the right side of it. Excellent, Colin. <laughs> picking the Saints, Colin. Yeah. No, I, 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 like I, as I was saying, I just, I don't think that the Vikings are going to be able to to keep um, Cousins upright. I, that'll be the the undoing. I expect Jefferson to have another big game. Um, you know, uh, I, I think Dalvin Cook um, will likely have another big game. But their secondary, just you know, I, as much as as Breeze has had his struggles. Um, he 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 was still throwing it around. Um, he still had a couple of really nice throws against the the Chiefs, and I, I just think they they will have too much. Um, I, I think when it comes to the crunch, that's why I w- I would say the the Packers um, are my favorites to to get to the Super Bowl on that side of the house. Um, but I, I expect the Saints to have too much for the Vikings. Gotta remember, boys, the most of the Saints players, I think 31 of them played in that infamous miracle in Minnesota. So there's plenty of them that have reason to want to give pain back to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Nothing will equal the pain, of course, but they'll get a small modicum of revenge. Saints to win for me by at least a touchdown. Nice, nice. And also, Carlo, don't don't ever forget that. Sorry, Michael, I know it's a long time now. So yeah, 2009-2010 season, but that championship game uh, where the Saints played the Vikings and Drew Brees, or sorry, Drew Brees, Brett Favre was literally, he had the head taken off him at times, but that Saints defence, I mean, there's always been a bit of needle between them, and I don't think it's gone away just yet. I think, taking away from the result, hopefully, please God, we, uh, you know, we obviously have a good game tomorrow, and it's Christmas, we, we want to put the feet up, and we want to enjoy the NFL. 
And it, it is a standout game from these Christmas games, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe we don't agree with that, but we'll talk about that now in a second. Um, we've a few games on St. Stephen's Day and Boxing Day, lads. We've got, first of all, uh, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 9-5, and five, just one game off the Saints, as it stands, as, as the time of this recording. Going up, against, going up against the 5-9 and nine Detroit Lions, that game is in Detroit. Colin, I'm going to start with you. Just for these games on St. Stephen's Day, what do you think of the, of the matchup column, and who do you think will win and why? Um, I said uh, at the weekend show that the Bucks beat up on bad teams, and I think that's what they will do here. The the issue the Bucks had against the Falcons, they're they're bullies, um, and they underestimated the, the Falcons, I think. But they they came out um, at the end. Antonio Brown had his first big enough game, um, and I think he offers them another threat. Mike Evans is obviously the the star of the show. I think um, there he's the guy who's really going to come up trumps, and I think he will in in this game. Um, the, the Lions they they really struggled against um, Tannehill. I mean they I mean uh, Brian w- was talking about uh, vintage Brett Favre and they made Tannehill look like vintage Brett Favre at at the weekend. And I think they're going to make Brady look like vintage Brady um, in this game. Their their season has they you know they've gotten rid of Patricia and the GM. Um, they have Hawkinson and they have Swift. Um, the season, I suppose, comes down to uh, them deciding now what they're going to do with Matt Stafford um, in terms of 2021. Uh, but I think the the Bucks win this one for me. They just have too many weapons. Yeah, like the situation in Detroit, they really want that season over as quickly as possible. So not only at the moment they do not have a GM, a head coach, now they don't even have an interim head coach for this game because uh, Sean Bevel, who, um, Darnold Bevel, sorry, is uh, he's gone on the COVID list because he's been in close contact with somebody who tested positive. So Sean Ryan, the uh, quarterback's coach, is going to take take the game for them. So, you know, a less than an inspiring situation there. Yeah, the, the, the books, you know, it's, they haven't been in the playoffs for 15 years since the 2007-2008 season. They're putting up an average 28 and a half points. The Lions, every, every game the Lions have lost this season, they've given away 30 points. You know, how do you see it, you know, the Lions are overcoming that defensively. They just haven't been good. You saw that last week. Their uh, defense was exploited by the Titans team who are explosive and the Bucs are explosive as well. So for me, it's going to be an easier game for the Bucs than they had last week. And I don't think they'll be complacent like they were. I would have thought they were slightly complacent in the first half of last week, came back well. But obviously, it'll be interesting to see what the result of that Saints game is because having said for weeks that this division was over, Having lost the last two games with the Saints, the Bucs are now only one game behind, and there is a scenario where potentially they could still win the division, albeit very slight. But it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they, how everything plays out from here. Yeah, I mean the the Saints would have to lose out, and the Bucks would have to win out because the Saints have the uh, tiebreaker if they finish level. Um, so you're right; there is a chance. I'd, I'd like to think that probably not going to happen. Um, I think the Saints have got that division probably. Um, look. Guys, um, William Butler Yeats in Sailing to Byzantium had some great lines. He said, that is no country for old men and had an expression that an aged man is but a paltry thing, a tattered thing, a tattered one upon a stick. He clearly had never met Thomas Edward Patrick Brady um, because he is the oldest active quarterback in the NFL. I think now with Vinatieri's retirement, he's actually the oldest player full stop in the NFL. And he's still delivering 
Um, yes. Is he delivering Air Brady like the 2007 season? No. Is he delivering the type of performances maybe 10 other quarterbacks would deliver with the receiving threats? He has probably no. And so it's the first time Brady's fallen outside the top 10 in terms of quarterback talent. Um, but he's still got enough arm strength. He's still got enough savvy. He is not washed up as Michael, I think, wanted him to be and what was alluding to him to be before. Um, and they still have the talent to go on a run. The one thing they have to do, though, is they have to start putting it together consistently. Colm says they've beaten up bad teams. They beat up the Panthers. I think they put 46 past them. And last week, they were absolutely complacent against the Falcons. They need to put some consistent performances together with the Lions, the Falcons again next week um, before they go into the playoffs and hopefully maybe make a bit of a, a splash. Um, I think they've more than enough for the Lions. The Lions are a team in flux. The Lions offseason is more important to them than anything else. And I absolutely agree. Decisions about Matt Stafford, decisions about the entire roster and the construct going forward are going to be key. Um, if I'm the Ford family, I look at and we alluded to this on the show on Sunday about the consistency of a good GM and coach together. You look at what uh, Lynch and Shanahan are accomplishing in uh, San Francisco, for example, is a good example of that. So get the right people in, give them seven-year contracts, and in fairness, let them blow it up and start it all over again. Um, you know, the Lions have bounced back since Patricia's lost. They, they came back against the Bears. They've, they've performed very well. I do not think this will be a walkover game. But one team is bound for the playoffs and has to start playing more consistently like a playoff game. So Tampa Bay Bucks to win, but I expect greater things. I expect great things from the GOAT. What can I say? It's interesting that Mark touches on what they're going to do with Matt Stafford because usually we start reading these crazy speculative stories coming out in the woodworks when the season ends. But this week, from someone who... Nine times out of ten, seems to have his finger on the pulse. Peter King suggesting that the Patriots, I think it's because Mark doesn't really want them, but that's not to say it won't happen. But Matt Stafford to the Patriots? In a word, no. Well, the beautiful thing about this show is that's now on camera, along with me saying that the Giants had no chance last day overnight. And, and the Packers won't go to the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, look, two out of three so far. Um, hopefully, I think, uh, boys, like I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's a full house here, to be honest. At the end of the day, the uh, the Patriots, well, the Bucks have been ineffective or inconsistent this season so far, but they're still sitting at nine and five. I would take that. I think anybody would take that sitting in week fifteen, week six, week sixteen of the season. Uh, guys, like I know I'm jumping on the Broncos bandwagon again, but guys like Shaq Barrett. I've had good games in the past against the Lions. I think he's going for his third sack this time. Um, this won't be a contest. I'm not saying don't watch it, but this will not be a contest. This will be a training exercise for Tom Brady and his team to get better and better. I can't see the Saints losing against Carolina in Week 17, so he's all right. Obviously, there's the the, the tiebreaker in that division, but it will be a training exercise for the Bucs, who will probably use Week 17 as a bye week, to be brutally honest. Um, I think... Um, because he had a nice day from Antonio Brown. Well, the only thing I'd say about week 17 in terms of suggesting a bye week is there'll still be a few permutations and they might look at potential opponents in the playoffs in terms of what seeding they land on. Would you rather play away to Seattle or would you rather go somewhere else? You know, that's, I wouldn't be running that just yet. You know, for example, if they hit five, they play the NFC East, 
they could be going to Washington. You'd probably rather go to Washington than go to Seattle. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, just one thing. I mean, Tom Brady, bear in mind, has never, still never lost against the Atlanta Falcons with his comeback. He's 7 0. I don't think he'd mind playing the Seattle Seahawks again for some reason either, Brian, to be honest. They will when he's going out to Seattle, trust me. If you're trying to imply, Mark, the Super Bowl thing, when the Seahawks messed it up and the player that you know was involved there doesn't play with him anymore and he, he enjoys Skittles and stuff, I don't think that's getting... You know, I'm just taking I, on. I, Again, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think um, proper planning and preparation uh, prevents piss poor performance is the expression that comes to mind there when you know Belichick coached them against that exact play and I know Brady came back against a 10-point deficit against the Legion of Boom, the best defence, uh, run uh, passing defence that was in the league. We can talk about the Super Bowl before, if you like, Michael, when Denver Broncos lost 43-8, just if you want. like We can talk about that one instead. No, do you know what? Because I, I, I was happy enough because two years later we won it. So it didn't really matter at that point. But sure, it's all good. And we will move on swiftly. That that box game is at 6 o'clock our time. Half nine on St. Stephen's Night on Boxing Night is, I mean, the battle of the desert. Um, the 49ers, who are 5-9, and nine, going up against Kyler Murray, starting to get hot, Column again, 8-6. and six. So again, Kyler Murray's team, a game off the Bucks, two games off the Saints in the NFC playoff picture. Column, what's your opinion on this matchup and who is going to win this game and why? Um, I, I think the for the cards, it's a great game, right? Because it's a, it's a proper test for them to, to kind of figure out where they are. They're on a, a bit of a run. Murray is getting hot. Uh, you know, he did his first 400-yard game last um, week. And the, the, the 49ers, obviously, this was the, the game that began this, this season um, and the cards won. So for them, it's an opportunity to measure themselves. For the 49ers, it's, it's been, uh, you know, a, a lost season, just injury after injury after injury, um, not being able to, to, to get a, a, a QB. Um, and uh, I think they've, they've now shut down um, Debo Samuel, uh, and Raheem Mostert, so they they lose yet more weapons. That said, defensively, they're usually pretty good. Obviously, last week uh, Pollard put up um, some big numbers, but ordinarily they're good. And if you want to test yourself, you definitely want to try and test yourself maybe against a Kyle Shanahan team. Um, Larry Fitz had his first uh, TD catch, which I'm sure you know. Do it, for, do it for Larry. And Mark was probably cheering that on, and Hopkins was great again. Um, so for me, the, the cards will um, win this, um, but no harm to go up against a guy who is innovative, who will try new things uh, in um, Shanahan. And I suppose, uh, you know, Vance Joseph, they still, I, I think they still are, are struggling to find how to, to fit Isaiah Simmons into that. And if they can get that to work, um, that would be, you know, that would really mm. unlock their 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 defense and, and what they could do. But Vance Joseph just hasn't figured that out. I still think, despite all that, the Carrots will win this one. Yeah, fortnight ago, uh, Michael, you suggested that the Eagles were on their way back and potentially going to win the division. And I said, no, the bubble will burst very quickly because having watched Kyler Murray against the Giants that week, you could see he was back to himself. The columns alluded to it. Yeah, you know, a 400 yard game last week. He ran for a touchdown again. He hadn't ran for a touchdown in four to five weeks. He certainly looked himself. He had three or four good drives last week. They got into the red zone. There was a fumble by Hopkins. 
game to me last week was closer than it should have been. And I felt the Cardinals were back to themselves. And yeah, Collins lived it. The 49ers are banged up and most of the defense has kept them in games. They still gave up a lot of points last week to an explosive um, Cowboys offense at times, but Andy Dalton being the QB. So if Andy Dalton can have a really good game against that defense, what can Kyler Murray do? And the Mullins is gone. CJ Bethard is going to going to start a quarterback who not many people know, but people who know who his grandfather is, Bobby Bethard. And you know why he's so famous in the NFL? Because he's the he's the general manager that drafted Ryan Leaf. There you go, keeping in the family. Uh, for me, the Cardinals will win comfortably. I was just, I was just about to mention the, the Ryan Leaf pick. He he clearly has a penchant for. Uh... Uh, associating himself with mediocre quarterbacks. Um, I, well, that's a bit mean. CJ Beathard is probably the best QB3 in the entire league, but that kind of feels like damning him with faint praise uh, in some respects. Um, he, he is actually a very functioning quarterback in that regard, and certainly I'd rather him coming in than Ryan Finley, but even Ryan Finley can win games, it seems. Can't agree more. It's a lost season for the 49ers. It's very sad given how obviously they were coming to the back to the season with a lot of optimism, wanting to right the wrongs of their Super Bowl loss last year. Um, Raheem Mostert, who came into the season off the back of that amazing performance in the NFC Championship game. Um, yes, he's injured now, but he hasn't actually broken 100 yards rushing in any game this season. So for someone that had a lot to say about his performance and how he should be paid and how he should be respected... He's he's very much um, fallen off the, the the radar there and the capability of um, what's expected. Um, 49ers lost six of the last seven games. Um, they are playing hard. They are playing for their coach still, um, but that is not a welcome pattern. And Kyler Murray is healthy. Larry Fitz, you alluded to it, great touchdown catch. And D-Hop is just, he is just the best wide receiver in the league at the moment. And if anyone ever wants to defend that trade by Houston. Um, obviously, Bill O'Brien's already paid for it with his job, but there is not a fan. You can be the most blind-eyed Texan fan in the world, and there is zero way you can defend that trade in relation to it. Getting peanuts on the, the best wide receiver in the game is bizarre. Um, cards all the way for me. Kyler getting healthy. Do it for Larry. Get that final wildcard slot. Sorry, Bears fans. I don't see the cards slipping up in this game. Um and yeah, let's, you know, maybe they make magic happen like Kurt Warner and Larry did back in those days, uh, you know, when they ultimately a home game in the NFC Championship game. So maybe once more into the breach, dear friends. It went well for them in 2015, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Went really well for them. Got beat by, what, 30, 30 or 40 points? I actually think this is going to be another trap game for the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray was great last week, really done well. Uh, but the reality is, boys, the 49ers are... I've, uh, signed Josh Rosen as a backup quarterback and I agree with what you guys are saying uh, CJ Beffard is a very good third string quarterback but why can't the 49ers win this game their defense could carry them through this game when they played in albeit it was September there was only three or six points in the game I just think when you've got a team with an inexperienced quarterback I mean Kyler Murray is only in a second season the pressure is now on him I just have, I just have a feeling that um they're going to struggle in this game. I really do. I think that it will come down to the defense. Um, and for me, I think that's, I think the 49ers are going to win. I feel good. 
Michael, you were just saying, you rightly said that Murray's in his second season. It was interesting because Mark said um, previously about the, the Lions and they should bring somebody in and, and, and look to give them seven-year contracts. I think those days of, of needing, uh, you know, an eternity to rebuild, the the game has changed. I mean, when you look at what, say, you know, Cliffsbury has done um, with the cards, when you look what Flores has done, I'm not saying it, it all has to be rebuilt instantaneously, but you have to show, I think, signs of life. I mean, we, we talked the other night about the way in which, you know, the, the, the comparison, say, between um, Baker Mayfield and John Elway. And when, and when you looked at the stats, you know, the, the way in which the game has changed, the way in which analysis has changed, the, the, the sheer amount of data that you now have available, you just cannot say, like, like the, the, the Raiders have done, and we'll be coming to this, given somebody a 10-year contract to try and rebuild, that seems um, very, very, very silly. So to, to me, I, I think what the cards have done has been really, really impressive in a, in a short space of time. Yeah, and to the point about rebuilding, should like the team that are in this game, the 49ers, they you know, went 4-12 one season and the next season they were in the Super Bowl, but you could see potentially what was coming down the line because of the rebuilding with Shanahan and Lynch had done in those two years. And I think most people would say this is a throwaway season for the 49ers because the number of injuries they've had. And then when they did get two of their key players, uh, Jimmy G and Kittleback, they were gone quickly enough after after getting the serious injuries in Seattle. So it's a lost season for them. I would still expect them to rebound next year. But to the point they're rebuilding, you know, it can take two years these days. Even the Rams did it very quickly when McFay went in there. Mark, Mark, uh, Mark, 33 points scored by the Cardinals last week. Sorry, jump in. Yeah, they're, they're, they're an efficient offense. I mean, that's what we expected when Kingsbury came out of Texas Tech, uh, that they would perform. And it's funny, he, he's actually running quite a conventional offense, albeit with certain design runs for Murray or, you know, Murray work your magic scenarios. It's not been all strange RPOs and college spread options. Um, he's just letting people do sensible things. But the thing that strikes me... Just want to fill up the wine glass. Um, strikes me there is uh, Colin mentioning about the stats in the modern game. Um, it is a remarkable statistic, in fact, and whenever we're comparing eras to eras, that we must remember this season, Joe Flacco passed in yards thrown for Joe Montana. Those two Joes should never be mentioned in the in same sentence, especially not Joe Flacco above Joe Montana. Um, but that's the reality of the modern game and the proliferation of passing that we've experienced now. Lovely, lovely. Um, I agree. And that was obviously not a wine glass at all there. Uh, mark it up. Yeah, sorry. I actually meant to say, I actually got the team wrong. Mark, I'm sorry for jumping in, but I was going to say as well, 49ers also scored 33 points last week, albeit against the Cowboys when they got beat 41-33. Just keep an eye on the 49ers in this game. Um, final game. Actually, that game, really quickly, that game is in America is only on... Amazon and Twitch. I'll just repeat that. That game in America is only on Amazon and Twitch. So it's, I mean, so we're 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 fortunate that we don't have to hassle with that. Well, it's just it's just weird. It's it's Christmas and people are obviously off work. I mean, it must be like a oh, it's an extra game sort of thing. Let's see what happens. But there is a game on uh, the last game of the night, um, which is the nine and five Miami Neil Reynolds Dolphins going up against the seven and seven. Las Vegas Raiders. Column, um, 
Now, they haven't played each other for quite a while. They haven't played each other since 2018. What's your thoughts on this game and who do you think will win? Um, there are a couple of interesting things in this game. The Miami secondary has been outstanding um, for most of the season, but their pass rush has kind of come out to, to play over the last few weeks and they got to uh, cam three times um, last week. Um, so I suppose we, at this point, we're not entirely sure who is going to start a QB for the Raiders. I've heard um, different reports that, that it definitely will be Mariota, also that Derek Carr is trending in the right direction. Um, but I think whoever it is, um, you can expect Miami to, to make life difficult for them. One of the pieces I'm really interested in in this game is what the um, Dolphins try and do with Waller, right? He um, he had another big game last week. He, uh, Mariota obviously had the, the really nice uh, touchdown pass to him. But do they try and put Xavier Howard on him? I mean, what do they do to try to, to slow him down? I think that could be one of the, the interesting things because Xavier Howard has just been outstandingly good. Um, the, the Raiders struggled, obviously, against Herbert. Tua is not the QB that Herbert is. I, I don't believe, um, you know, the, the, he has had um, the defense and the special teams to thank for a lot of the, the victories, um, whereas uh, Herbert has really been putting that team on, on his back. I think um, the, the Dolphins will win it, and uh, it, though, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the Raiders will, um, will be in, in it because they, if they're to have any opportunity of getting to the, the playoffs and they've, um, you know, they've really, uh, I, I think, probably already damaged their, their chances too much. But I just don't see them being able to, um, to overcome and, and score enough points against this Dolphins defense. Yeah, I said last week that I thought that game against the Chargers was the one they really needed to have in order to put themselves in a position to beat Miami this week and then potentially overtake in the wild cards. But haven't seen the run now the Ravens are on and the Browns and the Steelers are already locked in, worst case, the wild card. It's very remote now to see how the Raiders are going to get in. And you look at their defence, nine games that they've given over 30 points this year. You know, they can't seem to defend against wide receivers, against tight ends. Their run games are going up against them. And then last week against the Patriots, the run game for the Dolphins was very efficient. Breda, who they took on from 49ers, looked like, looked like an effective running back that's starting to make way for the Dolphins. So um, for me, the Dolphins really need this game. And I think the pressure will be building on Gruden because I see the Dolphins winning. And then the best they're going to get is a 500 season, an 88 record at best. And I know you used to play them next week, so you'll be keen to beat them as well. So um, no, I think the Raiders are done. I think the Dolphins will win and cement that bug hard place. Guys, it's, it's Christmas week and Marley is doing the rounds. There is the ghosts of Christmas past circling. And this season has actually dispelled some of those ghosts from some teams. Um, the Buffalo Bills are finally dispelling the the spectre, if you like, after 25 years of, you know, not measuring up to the great teams of Marv Levy and Jim Kelly and the like. Um, 
the Miami Dolphins have shown life for the first time since Don Shula retired, and indeed since Dan Marino retired. They actually think they have a quarterback. In fact, they've probably got two at the moment. They're quite well-functioning in a very well-coached team. And then the Las Vegas Raiders still cannot break, even though the mantra of just win baby from Al Davison passed down to Mark, um, they cannot break what they once had with the magic with um, John Madden, with uh, the craziness of uh, the Raiders team as it was in the past. They were seven and five in prime position for a wildcard spot, and they've just gone on to lose their last two games. Um, and it's in some ways, it's depressing to see. Like Derek Carr has progressed and regressed as a quarterback, it seems, in the same game. Um, people, uh, I think Colin, you alluded to last week, Marcus Mariota came into that game, and he didn't look like the Marcus Mariota we saw in Tennessee. He looked like a really solid quarterback. He looked like an upgrade on Derek Carr in limited action. I mean, he came out... 22-yard strike, ran for 11 yards, drove a lovely um, drive to score a touchdown basically in his first action back. And I'm not saying let's replace Carl with Mariota automatically, but it's kind of like where the Raiders have, res uh, have resided in the last while. So much promise, so much potential, so much opportunity. They've got Josh Jacobs. They've got Darren Waller, who's probably been more wide receiver than tight end, probably the best um, outside of Travis Kelsey must be said, uh, best receiving white at tight end in the game. Um, and despite trading Khalil Mack, they have had at times a functioning defense, albeit with no pass rush. Yeah, Mike, May Mike Mayock and John Gruden, maybe trading Khalil Mack wasn't such a good move after all. And can the Raiders win this game? Of course they can. Tua is still a rookie quarterback. He's still due a bad game. They're still, the Raiders are a very good side and they have won seven games in the National Football League this season. But it just feels like their star is on the wane and they've another year consigned to the history books, consigned to the vestiges of the ghosts rolling through their empty stadium. Whereas in Miami, the sun is out, the guns are out, and the fun is out. And so I think Miami are going to plow on ahead. I am um, really torn here. I think if Miami were playing anybody else, I'd be like, yeah, Miami will win. No bother at all. But... You know, looking at the last few weeks, Miami, 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 Miami only put up 13 points against the Broncos, which is like, Jesus, do you know what I mean? Like, they only put up 20 against the Jets. They only put up 19 against the Bengals. And they ran the Chiefs quite close. They only put up 22 against one of the Bill Belichick's worst ever teams. <laughs> I... I'm really torn. I, like, as of this recording, we don't know who, like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, as of this recording, we don't know who's going to start a quarterback for, for the Raiders, but, but it would lead for me to think it will be Marcus Mariota. He's got something to prove, big time. And that team with Josh Jacobs and with Darren Waller has a chance against a team that has not scored many points on the offense over the last few weeks. And the Miami Dolphins are a good team. They are a good team. And I think the Raiders will win this game, but I also think the Raiders will go 9-7. and seven. There's no chance, Colin. Let's just say this now. We're 50-odd minutes into this show. There is no chance the Denver Broncos are beating that Raiders team next week. I have them going 9-7 and seven to finish the season, but they won't get to the playoffs. They won't. The so Bills play the Dolphins next week. you still got them coming 8th then, outside the playoff spots. Yeah, I think, I, I think the Bills will rest the week after next. Just, just to answer your question, Michael, sorry, Mariotti is gonna, is, will, will be starting the game. 
I think they'll win. By the way, Michael, I think we've got a new nickname for you then. If you because you said about three times that you were torn, so uh, I think you're Natalie and Brulia from now on. <laughs> I'm a lot of faith. Yeah, this is, is how, how I feel. feel. Alone. Is that about the Broncos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just so, a little bit. Um, with the Broncos, he's just saying I'm cold and I'm ashamed, lying naked on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just true luck. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I, re- I really want, I really went against the bat. I do think the Vikings will win. I think the Bucks will win. I think the 49ers will win. I think the Raiders will win. So, if you're a betting man, don't come near me this week. But I just have a reason. I think you know, it's a weird time of the year. It's a time when the results matter the most, and that's just what I think. And look, it's grand. Um, any final points, boys, before we round up? All I'd say is there is obviously something quirky about the games. You're right, Michael. I mean. You know, once we all make our picks based on what we've seen this season, the law of averages is one game out of the four is likely to go a certain way that we, me, Mark, and, and Colin don't expect you for another reason is telling me at nine o'clock um, you're all over the Dolphins and an hour later the Raiders are going to win. So, <laughs> Well, I would say apart from that Christmas game, Colin, for a start, like that... That Raiders Dolphins game really does stand out as the pick of the bunch because you know who wants to like I mean the box against the Lions. What is this two thousand and one? Well, I think what what that Dolphins Raiders game is they they both are still as much as the, the Raiders are still in with a chance, right? Um, and, and so they they have to they have to if they have any hope whatsoever they have to win. So you're going to have two teams really going for it in in that instance, which makes it interesting. Plus the fact that, as you said, off, like on offense, the Dolphins, that's where they have really struggled, um, particularly in the, the passing game. Um, and, and so um, that is what really gives the, the Raiders a chance. So I, I do think it's an interesting game. I just think that the way in which the, the Raiders like they should be totally on the slide I mean had had they not come up with that absolute last uh, second miracle um, they the Jets would would be on you know two wins uh, so I, I think that the Raiders just in the back end of the season have, have really struggled it's really difficult to, to pick it up again that's why to me the, the Dolphins are favorite but I do think it's an interesting game yeah, it is, it is the murky game of the four. You know, you could say the Vikings and Saints would be an entertaining game, but in terms of where the teams are, um, the Raiders having a slight chance because I don't believe the Vikings are. Anyway, in the picture now, that is the standard game of the four. Any final words, Mark, my friend? Any final words? Yeah, I just think when, when we, we should talk about the duel in the desert more, the Arizona Derby, the first time we're going to have two Arizona teams uh, facing off against each other. Um, but no, gents, the only thing I'll sign off with is it's Christmas week, so peace to all and goodwill to all men. And I hope... Um... Mark and Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and pray for America and Baltimore on Sunday, yeah? <laughs> Well, 
And that leads me to my final point. We're back on Sunday at 9 a.m. and there's a big game in the NFC East and it's not in Baltimore, it's in Washington where the Panthers are going to lose against the Washington football team. But we'll come back to that on Sunday, Brian, and we'll, and we'll talk more about that. Some great games on Sunday, lads, and we look forward to seeing you then. Until then, uh, Merry Christmas. I hope everybody's a great few days. Enjoy the NFL action. Enjoy the time off. And lads, we will see you on Sunday morning. See you then. Thanks, guys. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Fun. Happy Christmas.